Hi everyone, and happy Mother's Day to all of you, but particularly to the mothers. And um, this evening, we're going to take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, land on the 15th verse, but for context, I'll back up uh, just a little bit. And it says, uh, I'll back up to verse 10. Uh, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So Father, <clears throat> we ask that you would speak to our hearts as we hear this message, as we consider this passage, as we apply this even to Mother's Day 2020. We ask again, Lord, that you would be with us and that you would uh, continue to protect us. We thank you, Lord, for the protection that you have placed upon us. We thank you, God, for the hope of heaven and that you have gone to prepare a place for us that you will one day bring us unto yourself. <clears throat> We thank you, Lord, for your great faithfulness and for your mercy and for your love uh, that you have for us. We pray, too, Lord, again for the nurses and doctors and first responders and ask, Lord, that you would continue to protect them. We thank you for their courage and their faithfulness. And we ask, Lord, that you would be, um, that you would work and, 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 Raise up whatever you need to raise up, Lord. Deliver us, we pray, from this pandemic uh, and from all the opinions and ideas, truth, false, or indifference, Lord, that you would just help us to focus and to keep our eyes upon you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Okay, so... This evening, I'm just going to look again at this one verse in verse 15 of, of uh, 2 Timothy 3.15. And writing this, or thinking about this passage, and, and what uh, Paul is saying here to Timothy, it, it struck me because he's instructing Timothy. If you've read uh, 1 Timothy, you, you find that Timothy is actually really pastoring and eldering, eldering is really not a word, but anyway, he's overseeing uh, the church in Ephesus. 
And, and so he is a, a pastor, he is a leader, he is a teacher, but this reinforces to me that really the best teachers are also those who continue to study, those who consider, consider uh, or continue um, to allow the Lord to shape their lives, mold their lives, to be reminded to hold fast to the things which we have been taught. And so that was a real encouragement uh, to me as I read the first part of this passage. But for Mother's Day, I often like to at least address a message in regards to the ministry of women and and the importance of uh, the role of a mother in the life of, of children, in the life of even adult children. And and so as I, I thought about this, and I, and I asked myself the question, what are we passing down? What are we passing down to our children? Now, if you, if you don't have children, but you do have others that you can influence, and so I, I'm, I'm not purposely um, attempting to leave you out, but uh, everyone does have a sphere of influence. With And it could even be with people that are older than we are. But um, nonetheless, we've been given that opportunity to influence them for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and what are we passing down? Um, it, Paul, writing to Timothy here, says uh, that from your childhood. Now, there's three things out of, of this verse that I want to take and, and take a look at um, this evening. One is uh, the phrase, and that from your childhood, and then also that you have known the Holy Scriptures. And uh, the third was, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then I'll kind of sum this up. But first of all, um, Paul reminds Timothy that from your childhood, you've known the Holy Scriptures. Um, we're first introduced to Timothy in Acts chapter 16, right around verse 1. And I don't have it in front of me, and I'll turn to it. Acts 16, verse 1. And it's talking about Paul and, and on his missionary journey with Silas, on the first missionary journey. It says, verse uh, 1 of chapter 16, Then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was a Greek. And he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. And uh, so... It's interesting that with Timothy that uh, um, it's mentioned that he had a Greek father, which uh, most Bible scholars uh, believe that it refers to uh, Timothy's father was a Greek, but also not a believer. But his mother was a Jew who was a believer. Um, and when she became a believer or or how she was converted or if she was always a good practicing Jew and then received the Messiah. There, there's not a lot said about um, Timothy's mother. Um, but it says that, or Paul says here in 2 Timothy 3, that Timothy has had these things taught to him since his childhood. And... Um, and so 
what we see here is in, earlier in Second Timothy, chapter one, verse five, uh, Paul again writing to Timothy, and he says, "When I when I call to remembrance the genuineth genuine faith uh, that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also." Um, I almost went King James on myself there, but uh, the beginning part of that verse is uh, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Um, and again, undergirding the fact that it first dwelt in his grandmother and then in his mother Eunice, which he was persuaded uh, that is in you also, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. So he talks about this idea of genuine faith, this, this uh, word genuine um could also mean a sincere faith so it was it wasn't um just an intellectual faith or it wasn't just an emotional faith but it was a a faith that was grounded uh both in feelings and in knowledge uh that was uh something that was sincere and in other words it was a faith that changed them it turned them into people who were sincere about the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and this, uh, not only was it a genuine faith, but it, it dwelt. It dwelt in, in Timothy's grandmother, Lois. It dwelt in Timothy's mother, Eunice. And Paul says, of course, I'm persuaded it is in you also. This word dwelt is really an interesting word. I, I, I'm going to take some time and look at this for a minute. It's the, uh, if I can pronounce it correctly, it's the Greek word Enochio, not like Pinocchio, but Enochio, uh, which means dwelling within, but also not only dwelling within, but influencing. Dwelling within and influencing. Um, this word is used a few times in Paul's letters. Uh, it is used um, when it's referring to the word of God that dwells in us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Um, so you have this admonition in, to the Colossians, apostles, let the word of God dwell in you. Um, and it would produce this act of worship, sing, uh, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And, and, and so it's the idea that the word of God dwells in us and the word of God influences us. Um, just as important, perhaps even more important, I'll let you weigh that out any way you desire, it is also used of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Second Timothy, again, Chapter 1, verse 14, uh, says, the, the, That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. Keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. And then, of course, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, verse 9 says, To another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. So, uh, Paul, when he's writing to the Corinthians, he's talking to them essentially that faith is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We often consider it uh, a gift, but it, uh, 
according to First Corinthians 12, is considered a manifestation of, of uh, the operations of the Spirit. But it is those things that um, the Holy Spirit gives to us. So faith is really this, this um, endowment. Really, you could even define it as a gift uh, of which the Holy Spirit gives to us. Colossians, excuse me, Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 talks about faith working through love. And that these things are a work of the Holy Spirit in our life, who dwells in our life. And so we have the Word of God dwelling in us. We have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, God the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And these things are worked into our lives where the Spirit of God uses our day-to-day -day activities and sometimes uses the trials of life and sometimes he uses the triumphs of life in which to produce greater faith in us. And so um, this is how the genuine faith um, begins to not only take hold in our hearts, but begins to grow in our hearts where you have the Spirit of God and the Word of God uh, always working parallel with each other. Um, the Spirit never contradicts the Word, and, and yet He will come along and He will augment and He will support that which was taught us. And again, uh, Paul writing to the Corinthians uh, that these things are spiritually discerned, as in chapter 2. Uh, 1 Corinthians, that, that the Spirit gives us the ability to understand these things. Uh, and so the development of the genuine faith that dwells in us is through the work of the Spirit, through the work of the Word. Um, and so um, this was something that was happening in Timothy's life from his childhood, no doubt being taught by his mother Eunice, and probably also his grandmother Lois. And again, Acts chapter 16, verse 1, uh, gives us a very strong uh, impression that the spiritual lineage that Timothy inherited was not through his father, but it was through his mother. And that, that speaks quite a bit to me because my spiritual uh, lineage was not through my father, it was from my mother. And it was... Uh, um, as I like to, as I mentioned years ago, when at the age of four I had a drug problem, and uh, because my mom had become a Christian, so every Sunday morning I was drugged to church, every Sunday night I was drugged to church, every Wednesday night it seemed like I was drugged to church, and so, um, but that was part of my spiritual heritage and the lineage that um, I received from my mom, as she, she at my very young age. She gave her life to Christ, and, and then we became involved in the church, and, and God began to do a work in my life as well. And so um, these things that we received, many of us who did grow up in Christian homes or even partly Christian homes, we received these things from our childhood, but often it is the mother who passes these things on to us. Um, such was the case in, in Timothy's life. And I find it interesting because he's one of the few in the New Testament that this lineage is even really mentioned. And and very, um, I think it's very important that the Holy Spirit ins inspired Paul 
to point these things out to us um, in the book of Second Timothy and inspired Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, um, to, to mention uh, Timothy's background as well. And so um, it is from the childhood or from his childhood where, and then second of all, that you have known the Holy Scriptures. Now, this word known uh, that Paul uses here is the word oida, um, which means to have realized or to have perceived. But it, it can also be a, a synonym um, for another uh, Greek word, which is the word gnosko, which means to know by experience. And so, um, in this particular verse, and I hate the argument from silence, but um, in this particular verse, it could have been that Paul was referring to this knowledge as something that Timothy had received over and over and over again. And not only was it a intellectual process, but it was something that was incorporated and, and uh, drilled into his own life uh, through the repetitive teaching by his mom and so he was able to know the holy scriptures and he, he was taught them um you know i'm glad that um again my mom dragged me to church every sunday morning and and so um she was a sunday school teacher at one point and and um i think for one year i was in her class and uh but also the, uh, the many wonderful uh, men and women but pr primarily when i was young most of my teachers in Sunday school were women, and and that the and I still remember some of them, uh, even though I don't always remember their names. I remember some of the little things that they passed out uh, and and shared as they taught the Word of God to us in Sunday school. Um, and so important that we know the Scriptures because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, which kind of supports. Uh, the last point I made about this idea of the Word of God dwelling in you, or the faith dwelling in you, with the Spirit dwelling in you as well. Uh, and then thirdly, um, it says, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So, James chapter 3 Verse 17 says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So if you want a, a, a definition of this idea of a genuine faith that dwells in us, which we have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make us wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The definition of that wisdom through faith is given to us in James. Um, this wisdom from above, and notice it says it's first pure, uh, then peaceable, which I find fascinating because um, I, I know some, some people and they, they believe they receive God's wisdom and they believe that according to the scriptures, they receive God's wisdom that is pure. What they don't often consider is, yes, they might have received a pure wisdom from God, but their own carnality fouls it all up and dirties it all up and unpurifies it. 
and and important and again the prophet Jeremiah talked about uh, the importance of separating the uh, pure from the vile the pureness of God's wisdom the vileness of our own worldly wisdom and um, and so uh, it's pure it's peaceable peaceable and gentle willing to yield um, boy there's is, is it this is a wisdom that calls for a lot of humility um, full of mercy which means for uh, that you're also you're not only a merciful person that but you're a forgiving person and and then good fruits um, without partiality without hypocrisy <coughs> which I those last two um, without partiality um, sometimes it's really easy to minister to people that you love and often it's not so easy to minister to people that maybe you don't really love all that much. And and we, God is no respecter of persons, but we often desire to be respecter of persons. That, I think that, that is kind of built in into us. Um, and without hypocrisy. Again, this Greek word uh, refers to without being an actor. In other words, this idea ties back into this thought of a genuine faith that dwells in us, a sincere faith that dwells in us. So these are the things that were passed on to Timothy by his grandmother and by his mother. These are the things that we, both as fathers and mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers. I'll leave it there. Uh, um, or as aunts and uncles, or as neighbors, or as friends, or sisters or brothers. These are the things that we have been, <clears throat> excuse me, have been charged to pass on to others. Now, I thought about this and I, I think at times, parents, particularly parents of adult children, have a tendency to beat themselves up. If I'd only done this, if I'd only done that, if I'd only been more diligent here, if I'd only been more diligent there, perhaps um, my adult child would have a closer walk with the Lord, or perhaps they would know the Lord, or... or uh, Perhaps they wouldn't have made some of those dumb decisions that, that all younger adults do. I mean, I'm sure you made plenty of them when you were young. Um, I know I did. And, um, but it's easy as you look at your young adult children to start beating yourself up because they have to kind of work through this period of time where they make the faith their own and 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 really as part of their working out their own salvation in fear and trembling and and what i've found though is i as i've thought about this and none of us were perfect parents um as much as we particularly as we started out as, as we hoped that we would have been but it's never too late um 
to pass our faith along to others. It's never too late. Now, for, even in saying that, guys and ladies, it has to be recognized that you have probably passed on a whole lot more than you even understand or even recognize. You have been probably been passing on the faith to your children's lives the entire time that they have been alive. And some of it you've been aware of, and some of it you probably haven't been aware of. But it's, it's never too late. And, and I even don't, don't really even like that phrase because that's, that's implying that you, you didn't do a good job and now's the time to get started. That's not what I'm saying here at all. Um, I guess what I am saying is that you can continue through the power of God's Holy Spirit, through the genuine faith that you have, you can continue to pass these things along and to continue to build upon that which you've already established in their lives. Now, as people grow, as people have different experiences, um, sometimes we have to change our approach in how we're speaking to them. And uh, because I've even talked with, with some folks is that, that they find that their adult children are not, re are not real receptive to the gospel. And they may not want to hear. They may not want to hear what you have to say, but sometimes you cannot teach them at age 35 in the same way that you tried to teach them when they were at age 12. And sometimes it's a matter of telling them in a way that they can receive. In other words, you share with them at the level that they are at, within the context that they are at. You know, and, and how many of you, don't raise your hands, of course you're sitting in your living room, so anyway, how many of you have arbitrarily broke out the Bible and started using the Bible to try to, to preach to them and they don't want to receive it? They don't want to hear it. Um, and what I, what I found interesting is I thought about with Jesus is, is that if you read through the Gospels, um, boy, I, I really want to study another Gospel again, but I, we're going to do something different when we finally get back together. But... I just love the Gospels. But anyway, um, Jesus did not say the same things to everyone. He didn't say the same things to everyone. And as I, as I, as I thought through this, I think a classic example of that, I'm not going to take the time to turn to it, but I want to encourage you to look at this. And maybe we'll do this again on a Wednesday night at some point. But the two conversations that Jesus had in the book of John, in John chapter 3 with Nicodemus, who was a religious ruler, and John chapter 4 with the Samaritan woman at the well, who was the outcast of uh, the little, little town of Sychar. She was not well received. She was not well loved. She was the woman who had been married several times. Did he... Give the two of them the same message. Well, I think if you look at the text, I think you would have to say no. 
did he point to the same outcome? In other words, did he reuse those conversations to reveal himself? Yes, I think he did. And so in passing along our faith to others, and, and you know, I've, I've talked with some of you and some of your kids are, are still uh, actively involved in walking with the Lord and some of your uh, kids are not so much or at all or they don't want to hear it or they only want to hear it a few times. But ask the Holy Spirit who dwells in you who is incorporated and built into you, that genuine faith, ask the Holy Spirit to give you the wisdom that you might be able to impart to them and point to them the person of Jesus Christ in a way that speaks to them where they are, not where they were 20 years ago. But, but ask the Lord to, to stir your heart, to give you that wisdom, to pass on your faith, and to continue building in your sons, in your daughters, in your nieces, nephews, in your siblings, even in, maybe in some cases your parents. Continue building in them an understanding of our most holy faith. So, that's our charge. And to recognize, as some of us have, or were given uh, a rich heritage in the faith, um, that we, from our childhood, have known the Holy Scriptures. Um, which are able to make us wise into salvation, which is in Christ Jesus. And so, continue to pass on to your kids, Mom. You never stop being a mom, and and you never start having, you never stop, I believe, having that mother's heart. Uh, I, and I, I've heard it from many of you. And, and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to minister to you, and to use you to continue to be salt and light to what at one time was, and I believe is still today, your primary ministry, and that is of your children. So, Father, we ask that you would bless all the moms that are listening to this today. We'd ask, Lord, that you would empower them by your Holy Spirit, we pray that you would fill them with your spirit, that you would encourage them in our most holy faith, that the word of God would dwell in them richly, that the Holy Spirit would indwell them and speak to them and build them up in our most holy faith. Or continue to do that work in us and we remember that your word tells us that you, you who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it. So Lord, we pray a blessing on all of our moms today. We thank you for them. We thank you for what you have done in their lives. 
and how you've used them to influence and to minister to the children that you've given them. So Lord, we pray that you would be blessed and that you would be exalted in our lives. We do pray again for deliverance. We also thank you for your protection. We ask these things in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. God bless you guys.